Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 180, recorded live on Saturday, November 20th, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who played Monday Night Combat this week, Dave Poy. I actually got to play a game. The man who played Assassin's Creed on Tuesday this week, Andy Lowe. Hi. And the man who most likely played Minecraft on Wednesday... Our guest this week, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, Mo Flacky. Hey, hey, hey. Did you play Minecraft on Wednesday? I did. I played Minecraft. I played Minecraft for like an hour or so every day at least, depending on what I'm building. Oh, Minecraft. <laughs> I got other things I, going on too. I played Arkham Asylum and Tekken 6. I, I just, I still don't see what's so great about Minecraft. Did, did you not see what was so great about Legos when you were a kid at all? No. Not really. Oh, no, yeah, that's why. What? I, I mean, I'd build the, the things and I'd modify them slightly, but I just wasn't oh, creative you didn't, with them. You didn't do the free form, just a bunch of Legos and building. No, I, I was terrible at that. Oh, yeah, no. That's, that's I always all I used did. to build towers out of my Legos and like them and see how tall the tower I could get. <laughs> we didn't have that many Legos. I actually, at one point, built a Lego tower with guide wires to keep it stable. Yeah, in fact, there was such a. It was, it was the Legos at my grandmother's place, and it was so mixed that there was also like a wind-up Ms. Pac-Man toy in there that also just ended up at our Lego house. Odd. Yeah, I think it's still there. Uh, Most of that stuff was still there. I actually had to go through at one point as a punishment and take all the mix-up Legos that I had mixed together, and I had to separate them all out, each each one of the sets. Ooh. Was that punishment by your parents or by your siblings? No, no, my parents, because my siblings had also mixed them up too, and I had just continued the process. So it's fun building, like, the actual Lego things, but not when you have to dig through, like, five pounds of Legos in order to find the one like one square piece that fits and is the right color Mm. i've always wanted to build a lego end table well you can buy the the giant lego buckets for not that much i haven't gotten around to it go to yard sales they're all over (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, Minecraft is like free-form Lego building. I mean, I suppose you could get plans for things and build them also. I, I kind of yeah, did that with the house. There's other things that I'd rather do with my time. Well, yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> my very, very <laughs> limited free time. Yeah, my free time isn't really that limited right now. I'm uh, not at any loss for it. I know the feeling. Bastards. Oh, yeah. but wait, I get paid. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. I hate you. I know. I should be getting employed very soon, though. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have to say, by the way, uh, interesting fact that I learned yesterday. It is November 20th today. It is Mandelbroid's birthday. And neither of you have any clue what I'm talking about, do you? Nope. Not a damn clue. <laughs> do you know the, the really famous fractal? I know what fractals are. Well, I know fractals are some kind of math thing. That's about it. Yeah, that's so my extent of knowledge on fractals. Do do yourself a favor. Go to like Google Images and search in uh, fractal. As you can hear me typing. Oh, is that that one that yeah. always looks like the circle on the the kidney shaped thing, and then the circle on the left? Yeah. Well, the cardioid. But yes, and it just keeps oh, going yeah. and going and going. That's the called madness. the Mandelbrot set or the Mandelbrot set, uh, and it's. The, the guy who came up with it, his name is Benoit Mandelbrot, and he is still alive, and it is his birthday today. Oh, very nice. So how does one create a fractal? Numbers. It's funny you should ask, Maths. Andy. Okay. I would suggest, personally, listening to the Jonathan Colton song called Mandelbrot Set. But that means I actually have to listen to Jonathan Colton. <laughs> yes. It's really not that bad. No, it's not. No, he's got, he's got some okay stuff, but most of it I do not find appealing. Yep. Uh, short answer, 
recursive formula? Um, more that's, maths. The answer is maths. Yeah, that's 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 what I heard. Is Dave yeah. said math. maths? That's that's it. <laughs> Dave, if you would like to uh, spell it out for the listeners who are understanding of maths, that would be. Well, the thing is, anyone who who listens to this who is already understanding of math probably knows already. Uh, but you you take the so you have the real numbers on one axis. Which you just put a number line down, and then you put the complex numbers on a perpendicular axis. So it'd be like so you've the real num- you've real and imaginary numbers at, at ninety degrees to each other, and then you pick a point, any point, and it's a complex number. It's part real and part imaginary, and you square it, and you add one, and then you square that, you add one, and then you square that, and you add one, and then you square that, and you add one, and if it goes off to infinity then it just goes off to infinity but there are numbers that will stay close to your original number and then if you color it based on how quickly they go off to infinity you end up with this complex fractal Hmm. that is one way to do it so maths making pictures yes okay (laughs) oh i could have gone into about three (laughs) different topics right then (laughs) which one should i choose i don't know You tell me. What about computers writing, instead of computers and math drawing pictures, computers and algorithms writing sports stories? Wait, what? There is a company out of North Carolina called StatSheet, and it's uh, statsheet.com. And their 345 sports sites, basically each one dedicated to each Division One college basketball team. And the thing, though, is that there is no actual journal list for the site. All the articles on the site are written by algorithms. Huh. Yeah. So the um, here's one of the leads that they quote on here. This was written by a computer. Michigan State has ended the regular season with a good deal of momentum. On March 7th at home, the Spartans beat the Wolverines 64-48. to It was all Michigan State from the start going into halftime up 32-14. Michigan never got close. Some facts from this match at the Michigan State RPI ranking was a good deal higher than Michigan's. The Spartan home court advantage is distinct. And the Wolverines had no momentum and had lost three out of five. The Spartans have already seen the Wolverines this year and will win this. And this win gives us a regular season sweep. Okay, so there are a couple problems in there. Okay. And they are... Well, I would like to hear them too. For, for, I mean, this is for football? No, no, this is basketball. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... um. Wow, it's, it's, I'm it's a little well, it's a little dry. Yeah, but sometimes it's pretty well just, written. Yeah, sometimes most of this stuff with sports that I want to hear about is the stats, and so a computer can handle stats. Right, right. How can I how can I co opt this technology for Frelnik? I think this is Frelnik. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more advanced. Oh, it's really weird when Frelnik actually makes sense. Like, yeah. where somebody will type something and it will kick something out with Frelnik and the two of them together. Yeah. It'll be like it, somebody it, just said something normal. It's relevant. It makes sense. Yeah. For people who don't know, Frelnik is a, an IRC chatbot that randomly spews mostly gibberish, but is slowly becoming more and more sentient and will eventually become Skynet and kill us all. Um, but yeah, the. Yeah. <laughs> But, I need somebody to fix the Twitter app. <laughs> well, Twitter needs to... Twi- basically, Twitter broke the Twitter app. Well, Twitter broke the Twitter app because they updated their auth protocols. Yeah. So the the program needs an update to work again. What a surprise. Twitter is trying to fight Twitter bots. 
<laughs> oh, darn. Well, Gosh. if it had been set up with a config file to begin with, instead of having to be like recompiled every time, I need like I need a better C++ coder to take on this one than the one who actually, you know, made it work the first time. Yeah, no takers. I thought so. <laughs> but it's the it's, 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 site is literally just run by computers. Yeah, that's crazy. That saves you a lot of money and um, will eventually put sports writers out of business. What else is new? Well, <laughs> sports writers well, have always been maintain, about hmm? – Someone does have to you know, maintain it. Well, yeah, but I mean then, then you're just looking at you know, a programmer or an engineer or somebody instead of a sports writer. But most of the sports writers, even if all, basically all sports writers have always been about, okay, yes, you have the game, but what's the extracurricular story that's going on with the game? Mm-hmm. So they don't want to write the stats any more than the uh, people who don't Writing. want to read stats yeah. want to read stats. <laughs> but sometimes I don't care about the quarterback and his dad. Yeah. I just want to know how bad Eastern got trounced. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's, you know, usually what happens. Yeah, I, I stopped caring because every team in Cleveland loses horribly or, or or goes on to almost win and then loses it in a big upset. So it's like, who cares? So, <laughs> you guys all suck and I'm going to expect you all to lose. So what... It- now that LeBron is gone, do you, do you care at all or no? No, I didn't care. I, I was hoping he would leave so I would stop having to hear about him. And other than every once in a while, um, or other than every once in a while, he is like gone from local consciousness now. There needs to be a new, uh, you know, Cleveland tourism video though that doesn't say our economy is based on him now. Because <clears throat> the last one, uh, one of the lines was that our economy is based on LeBron James. Oh, and then he leaves for more money. I mean, the thing is, is like we all. Well, here's the thing. Also, not only did I expect him to leave um, in the class I was in at the time that it was going on, there was a guy who was friends with a guy who worked in the uh, arena for. I don't, want to, I don't think he worked for the Cavs, but he worked close with the Cavs, and they already knew. So he came in and told us, and I'm like, well, even if you're wrong, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, even if he's lying, even this guy who was in my class was lying about his connections, I was still like, that still sounds really plausible. <laughs> and then it happened, and I'm like, oh, look at that. And then I had to hear about it for three weeks, and then everybody basically forgot. Except for when he's in the news, and then everybody flares up again. But other than that, it's pretty forgotten. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about LeBron. No. no. Okay. He's a bum. <laughs> Good to hear. You know what you should care about, though? What's, What's that? that? Child's Play. You should. Ooh, indeed. Important. It is back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, when did it go anywhere? Well, it doesn't really go anywhere because the stuff they've kicked is off always... their annual drive. Yeah. 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 Yes. And in conjunction, Desert Bus. Desert Bus 4 is going on while we are recording this and looking at their current time limit will mm-hmm. most likely still be going on on Monday while you are listening to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're probably going to be going on best. towards the end of next week. Are, I heard they're doing 24-hour shifts. Yeah, I think so. How? Oh, God. <clears throat> Lots How of caffeine. Lots of caffeine. I mean, this is the advantage of Desert Bus versus the Super Trip 
is that you if you crash you don't die (laughs) exactly and i think they've already crashed it what once twice yep they've they've crashed it once yeah they were trying to no joke in a fit of charity of some kind ungodly hour of the morning the crew took it (laughs) upon themselves to worship cthulhu for donations (laughs) and they crashed the bus during this the um they hit the brakes and the bus overheat and therefore it crashed. <laughs> so okay, uh, I, I've got the basic idea of desert bus. It's your it's your video game. Yes, of driving a bus from Tucson to Vegas. Yes, which, which is one of the most boring drives in the country. U.S. ninety three is the road that goes between Tucson and Las Vegas. How do I know this? I have actually driven on part. Of US 93. Very nice. When I was okay. driving Kyle out to California, mm-hmm. we were in the middle of the night. Dave's, Kyle's car was fully loaded, and we didn't want to drive through the Mojave Desert the entire way with his fully loaded car in case something happened. Because his <laughs> life was literally contained inside the vehicle. <laughs> See, when I did that, I totally just drove straight across the uh, Mojave through the, was it the Sierra Mountains, I think? Yeah. Oh, well, man. You know, I, I drove just, down that mountain at 90 miles an hour. Mm. On um, I-15. Some of these um, auctions are, are really appealing. Anyways, so what <laughs> – Yeah. That's what I know about the game though is that it's that – it is this drive. Yeah. Mm. What, uh, in I real time. something about brakes overheating and that it's in real time. Well, well it's the in bus real time. to the right. So you can't just set like a brick on the controller and let it roll because the bus pulls to the right. So you have to constantly be correcting or you'll crash. And then um, if you – the bus has to be – you have to keep the bus moving. Okay. Because the bus will overheat if you drive too slowly. Mm-hmm. Why will the bus overheat if you drive too slowly? Because it's a, a crappy bus. I guess the brakes will overheat or something. I, I'm not exactly sure. All I know is playing the game – I've tried playing the game before. And then if you drive too slowly, you'll stop and then you'll have to get towed. <laughs> And now, for every time that you complete the journey, you get one point, and then you get 15 seconds to decide if you're going to make the return trip. And the trips are, what, seven hours? No, I think it's four hours each way. Yeah, Yeah. four hours of just sitting at the... And there's nothing in the, the view, yeah, it's you, just it's so you have to sit there insane. holding the controller, yep. constantly moving the bus back into the road. Yeah. And if you stray too far one way or the other, you lose. Yep. Yeah. If you slow down, you lose. Yep. And uh, every like fifth hour, a bug splatters on the windshield. Yeah. This is sounding like pandemic, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> this was, uh, I think, what, a Penn and Teller game? Yep. They this did. was. Smoke and mirrors. They wanted to. They were doing their own little video game thing. There's just a bunch of magic tricks and stuff in there, but they wanted to make a hyper realistic game. Because Janet Reno had at the time argued that video games were unrealistic, so this was their response to that. We'll make an ultra realistic video game. Yeah, of driving a bus. Right. So now these guys do it for charity because I mean, seriously. Yep. They're like, we'll we'll punish ourselves with this game for money. It's it's not even like it's not even really about the game. Like, mm-hmm. yes, the game is going on, and that's the the donations add to the time element of the game. But yeah. it's kind of like whatever surrounds it. It's it's this bizarre internet telethon that like, over the past four years has now currently raised over of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, they, they well they never expected it to be as big as it was going to be their first year. Like they were unprepared. 
But yeah, now they auction stuff. They have like giveaways. Companies give them stuff to to auction off and give away on the thing. Yeah, they have like I've this five dollar challenge. These auctions. Yeah, they have this like five dollar challenge where uh, it just uh, like like for a period of time. Everybody who donates five dollars gets put into a hat to get some prize or something going on, and yeah, they actually and then they take challenges. You can submit challenges through the website and offer X amount of dollars for them to do stuff. Uh, one of the challenges was actually pretty good because they have a, a live coder in the background, like off to the side. He uh, the challenge was for hit, for that guy to write a code that would include the challenge text and amount in the response email that says the challenge has been accepted or the challenge has not been accepted. <laughs> so there was a challenge to make all the rest of the challenges easier? Yeah, because this guy had donated for like, he had put in like five or six challenges and all he got back was an email that said your challenge has been accepted. And he's like, well, I don't know which one, so I don't know how much I'm supposed to donate right now. <laughs> so here's a challenge to fix this? Yes. So here's a challenge. Here, I need to ask this question, and I'm going to challenge this because you have a live coder in the background right there. Working on the website and maintaining the website. Right, right. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. But, yeah, it's like it's like this bizarre internet telethon, you know, no professional acts, uh, you know, none of that, like, weird sketch comedy, mostly just demands from the internet and them talking to the chat room. So but if you're it, ever bored on Monday. Yeah, or any day. Yeah. I mean, I just have it running on my TV right now. Oh, child's play. People do crazy things. Yeah. Cookies, Guitar Hero, Mario Marathons, Desert Bus Marathons. Mm-hmm. I would like to do a fighting game marathon. I don't know what I would want to do for a marathon. Fighting games. No, I'm not, a, I'm not good at fighting games. I can t- attest to that quite easily. It's funny, I was never good at fighting games, and now I'm better at fighting games than the people who used to beat me at fighting games. <laughs> Sweet justice. I'm, I'm good at Assassin's Creed's multiplayer. <laughs> Okay. I'm, That's not really marathon material, though. No, it is. I played GoldenEye for like 24 hours straight one time. I'm trying to think if I've done any marathon gaming besides, you know, diplomacy. I used to marathon uh, Earthbound. Play Earthbound for hours and hours, like, like just straight through. I wouldn't do anything else. Dave, were there ever days where you got up, played WoW, ate food, played WoW, ate food, played WoW, and then went to bed? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, again, not really charity marathon material. <laughs> that's just somebody's typical Saturday somewhere. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just a grinding day. <laughs> oh, and I think there was a, you know, when we were doing like uh, AQ40 on Garage, yeah. No, I'd, I'd get up, crawl out of bed, start grinding, wait for the raid, go raid, finish the raid, get our asses kicked, <laughs> go back to grinding, go to sleep. Yeah. So any other uh, marathon game possibilities? What about, oh, this would be horrible, the, the new Just Dance game for the Kinect. Oh, God. Oh, God. You have People to, would you have to be passing out from dehydration. Because they, they always have dance marathons every once in a while. Yep, well, there's U of M dance marathon. It's a 24 hours where no one's allowed to sit down. Ooh. They're supposed to dance for 24 hours. A dance central marathon would have to go on in like a, a much do... larger space than Desert Bus happens. Yeah, I did do a... Uh, what was it? Back when I had the DDR clone in my basement, there was the equivalent of the never-ending song list from Rock Band. Oh, man. I was on that for a good couple hours. There's another thing there, the never-ending song list from Rock Band. Yeah, Especially that's if you get, true. If you, you get, get the, harmonics um, to support it and say, like, here's all of the songs. 
Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, okay, you must keep playing while people keep donating. Yeah. Well, how long? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't even how be. Many songs I think. Are there? I think I know one of the enforcers that has all of the DLC. Like, it's this is a couple thing. thousand hours at this point, though, isn't it? Wasn't it what the Jimi Hendrix was? What the two thousandth song or something like that? Whoa. Okay, so I maybe remember not we talked thousand. about this on one of the episodes. Well, if you if you set it up with an algorithm like like Desert Bus does, I mean, it wouldn't go on forever because it would require more and more money to get it to go on for the right. next song. It might go on for like a week, <laughs> which would be very interesting and require a lot of swapping out. One thousand ninety four songs. How much time is that? Like an actual playable uh, time? Looking. Yeah. If somebody has figured that much out, that is ridiculous. It's the internet. Of course somebody's figured that out. It's the future. Oh, speaking yeah. of uh, the internet figuring stuff out. Um, so there's a band, well, not really a band, just a DJ that I pay attention to. He puts out an album basically every other year, uh, Girl Talk. Dave hasn't heard of him, but I'm thinking Mo has. No. I have, but I've never listened to it. I don't even know what it is. He's a, he's a mashup artist. I just hear people artist. talking about it once in a while. He, ah. he he basically just takes samples, mashes them together, and just puts out CDs about this. Doesn't pay any of the royalty fees or anything else like that, or the sampling fees or whatever. Especially since okay. his um, what is he? His record label is called, I think, uh, Illegal Arts or something like that. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a just at the face, flying in the face of danger sort of thing. Like and danger. They mouse. haven't taken out, taken him on yet. No, which is really funny is his recent uh, album which is actually he put out online as a pay-what-you-want thing. It's a 73-minute MP3 file. <laughs> oh, man. And um, it's pay-what-you-want, and it has 372 pieces of copyrighted music. And if you go to the Wikipedia article for the album, it actually lists all 372 samples and what time they happen in each of the songs. How has he not been sued yet? I, I don't know, but the music industry has not sued him yet. Hmm. You know he what actually, they're doing? They're waiting for him to get really popular and for everyone to buy his music, and then they can sue everyone who's bought it, too. But then he's released it online basically almost for free, so... Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the mashup sort of stuff. Uh, they're hit or miss for me. It depends what they are. It depends how they're mashed up. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of the I mean, one-up stuff is actually up. pretty good. Some of it, not so much. Sorry. Oh, Austin, if you look if at you're PDQ listening. Bach. Oh, PDQ Bach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, those are good mashups. There's one song in PDQ Bach, I don't remember which one it is, where there's basically a percussion solo where you're just supposed to throw things around. Like, you get, like, empty tin cans and, like, or maybe, like, pop cans or something, and you're just supposed to, like, pour the cans out onto the floor. It's just where all you do is just make random noise. Wait, if they're empty, what are you pouring? Oh, you're You're pouring the empty cans, I see. Yeah, you're just supposed to make noise, and it's supposed to sound like you're just literally tripping over everything. That's kind of cool. I think at one point, he was playing at the Hill Auditorium, my dad told me this, where he climbed down from the balcony. Yep. That was just crazy. The man is insane, but he's really good. Also, speaking of music, the Beatles and iTunes are finally together. That was the big iTunes announcement on, on Tuesday. Was that the Beatles are coming to iTunes? Okay. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Ooh, Took long this, enough. What is this? A Michigan hockey game? 
<laughs> that was the thing at the Michigan hockey games. The other team would announce their players, and everybody in the crowd would go, "Who cares?" Who cares? That's also at Michigan football games. Ah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it doesn't even really matter, especially since the the really nice remastered box set was put out what last year with Beatles Rock Band. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to put Beatles on your iTunes, I would have gone that, that route. The way to do. Yeah. But it's it's funny. Most of their I think they've got twelve albums now in the top fifty on iTunes. I don't know why, but yeah. This was the day that was every after today everything was supposed to be different. That was their Apple's I think tagline for their announcement. Uh, no, no, it wasn't that everything would be different. The tagline was "Tomorrow is just another day that you'll remember for the rest of your life." Yeah, I'm going to be able to forget this by next year. I'm going to forget this by tomorrow. <laughs> like what? Oh yeah. Beatles, right. Yeah. So, All Points Bulletin. Yes. When big, did that die? About two months after it started. Yeah. It was supposed to be like this yeah, amazing, like, I, the booth they had at PAX was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I know. What the, um When I saw the articles about it when the whole thing was going down, it was like whoever was announcing was blaming their community team for the failure of the game. But then they, there was a huge, like, I don't know, there was a huge back and forth that I saw between community people and the people who were blaming the community people for, uh, for the game. So yeah, that's what I saw (laughs) from what that looks like. I don't think they were really communicative back and forth between the community people and the rest of the team, but I would have to go back and reread all of the uh, articles I saw to remember everything that happened. But yeah, it it, it didn't last long at all. It, it was, from what I heard, it was, the game was almost unplayable when it was first released. It was just so buggy. It was crappy. Granted, Fallout New Vegas came out and it was really buggy and crappy and yet still... It sold like hotcakes. Yeah, it was mm. actually the number one sell... The, the Fallout New Vegas on the 360 was the number one selling game for October. Yeah. Um, well, that's the difference between an established IP and a new IP. Yeah. People yeah, were, or I mean, people are willing to, to wait like- for Fallout to get better. Uh, people are not willing to... To pay 15 bucks a month. To, yeah, to pay 15 bucks a month for a buggy game that barely works with an IP they've never heard of before. I mean, so now it's... it got shut down, and it's actually going to be come back. Really? Yeah, it's coming back as AP... It's called, actually now, APB Reloaded. It's going to be coming back her first half of next year as a free-to-play version. Yeah. Yeah, see, instead of killing it, that's what they should have done to begin with. I think there was just too much blame going, well, being passed I, around. I think what they the, should have done is what option. Sony has, or not Sony, what Square has done with Final Fantasy fourteen. Which is? Which is, oh crap, it was buggy and poorly translated and we're really sorry, here's another free month. Mm. Everything that you've, I mean, you, you've paid for it and we haven't delivered, so here's another free month. Again, though, you're working with an established IP yeah. of people who are, are willing to wait that month. True. Granted, yeah. it's like... We're sorry we our pizza was crap. Here's another pizza. Right. That might also be crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it actually was and they had to do it again. Exactly. That's But yeah. I mean that you know, Andy, you, you say that jokingly, but that's how the restaurant industry works. I know, which seems so weird to me. You go to a restaurant and you have to if you have to complain to the manager, they'll be like, you know, we're really sorry, here you know, we've comped your meal or here. Okay, no know, wait, comping comp- comp- your free. meal. And the next meal being free are two different things. Yeah. Not in this case. 
though, because if you've paid them already, it's basically saying that last month doesn't count. But it still counts, though, because I still had to pay money for it. True. Yeah, they're – I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the fact of not having to pay anything and getting crappy meals or paying for a crappy meal and then getting the next crappy meal free. Okay. I, it's still I money that. out of my wallet for crappy food. I think the, in, I the, in, the case, in the case of APB, it was everybody being led to believe that this was going to be a really great meal and that they really want to eat this meal. And then yeah. they go in – and they pay to eat this meal. And it's crap. And they couldn't stand it. And and this is like a meal they've never eaten before. Like Thai food or right. Ethiopian food. Yeah. So it just happens to be really bad, even though it's supposed to be really good. And they and you've never had this, so you have no frame of reference for what this meal should taste like. No, you've, you, had, you've had other it, meals before, and they've been pretty good. And so... But not this meal. No. Not this exact meal. It's a little different, and but it was terrible. Now, are you going to risk that kind of different meal that wasn't really good, that might always be bad to you? You know, like Hungarian food? You or know, are you going to go... things that are in Hungarian food before, but you've never had them made as Hungarian. You've never had goulash. And I, you I think we've stretched this terrible. metaphor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going on with it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what type of food wow is. Wow is probably like that Vegas buffet that is like <laughs> Andy, prime Andy. rib, no, more Andy. prime rib, maybe some ribeye, maybe some New York strips, some T-bones. Andy. <laughs> Cheesy potatoes. Laced with crack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You really need to think about it that hard. (laughs) Which is kind of funny because I got got off of WoW. I got off of WoW basically by ODing on WoW. Yeah, it's it's black tar. I mean, it's your mainlining. Oh. I killed yep. myself on WoW, and then That's somebody brought cool. me back to life, and I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to touch that stuff again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be an addiction. Gotta watch yourself there. Yeah, unfortunately, I have, I have, I have gamer ADD, though. I, uh, I tend to drift back and forth. With one. Yeah, I, I can't. I've, I've been drifting back and forth between Dragon Age, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, Minecraft, and Monday Night Combat for like two yeah. months now. I was kind of upset, Mo. I didn't. I mean, the, the one time in the last month and a half I've gotten on Monday Night Combat, you weren't on. Well, I didn't know you were getting on. <laughs> well, but when, when it came out, you were on constant. Like, I could always turn on my Xbox. Boom, there's Mo. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I have ADD. Once I get past, like, the initial, like, I'm going to play this game all the time phase, I tend to drift back and forth between a couple. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, I still play it. It's just I don't know when anybody else plays it. My schedule's kind of all over the place right now. So yeah, I rarely end up popping on at the same time anybody else I know does either. I'm kind of sad. I miss having full teams. I yep. have that feeling as well. Whenever I jump online and go, oh, there's nobody else on. I mean, I'll play. I still play. Um, and occasionally we still win. But it's different when you have a full team that you're that you know and that you're in communication with and then you can wipe somebody out in two minutes yeah all those i what was our short our shortest game was like a minute long no it was at least a minute and a half yeah but not much i mean the first wave got to the money ball yeah well it was that whole uh was we had like the supports on on heavies and just rushers but yeah yeah gunners well you know i mean both the heavy class well i don't think anybody was playing tanks so i guess it was just gunners but uh yeah the supports on gunners and just rushed them, and, and that was it. I mean, <laughs> I think they got distracted trying to rush us, and we just rushed them better. 
and it was over in like under two minutes. Yeah. So speaking of shooters, yeah. it seems that recent research has found that shooters can actually help with visual attention. Visual attention, like attention to detail? Well, the ability to analyze visual information and ignore the Ill, ir, ir, irrelevant. irrelevant. Yes, irrelevant information. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> So it's the fast-paced action is you're able to scan the screen and go, okay, I don't care about that stuff over there. That stuff doesn't matter. Mm. This stuff over here is what I need to pay attention to. Kind of like stuff that fighter pilots would pay attention to and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, that's why movies now are are so much – the shots are so much faster is because we are used to it. Mm -hmm. Oh. My parents can barely watch modern movies anymore because when they when the screen is shifting that quickly, they can't track it. It's like the the Bourne supremacy movies. Well, the Bourne identity movie. Kate enjoys the Bourne character, but she can't actually watch the second and third movies because the cuts and the movement are too fast for her. <laughs> Ouch! So she yeah. just needs to play more Halo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to work either. <laughs> no, I don't think that'll fly. No, by a shock. But. It's, I'm looking at this going, oh, it's a good thing that people can analyze information and ignore the ill, ir, whatever, the stupid information you don't care about. <laughs> I see this as basically a form of saying, hey, ADD is good. Well, I knew that. I knew that 20 years ago. No, it, it's a form of saying there are certain things that you, you don't need to pay as much attention to, but at the same time, you don't want to fall into that trap because sometimes those little pieces are very, very, very important. Yeah, you have to actually be able to recognize the relevant. little important things. That's the key it's thing. It's all about We're, lateral thinking. Yeah, there you go. I just think it's saying, hey, people are getting ADD. They're cutting out information they don't care about. I have, no joke, when I've been playing video games, almost set the house on fire in two different locations. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. What did you do? Um, I was playing in the basement, and I forgot that I had water boiling for ramen noodles. Ugh. And you forgot that, and, and the water boiled off, didn't it? Yes, and it actually melted the bottom of the pan. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Andy. I had to cut off the thing and grind it down to make it smooth again. <laughs> I think my parents well, still have that pan, so I could actually show you what it looks like. It, if you, after at least you, melt you know the pan. how to cut it and grind it. I mean, that's pretty good. It's it's a grinder. It's just metal grind it, angle grind it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a skill that many people don't have. And a tool that many people don't have either. Oh, That's God. It. So, side note, there's a show on BBC called James May's Man Lab, which is the host James May from Top Gear. And he wanted to do a show to basically show that the modern man can do manly things again. <laughs> so they're showing, like, okay, how to serenade a woman, how to change a flat tire, how to build an Ikea bookshelf, that sort of stuff. Like, Okay, Ikea bookshelf, not manly. I know, but uh, just changing construction. Changing a flat tire, I, I, stupid not to know how. Everyone should do that, not just men. Yeah. But they're, they're just trying to show you, like, how to be a man's man again. Well, in the first episode, they were talking about how to wire a plug, and they got the live and the ground mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. I'm, like, listening to him say this, and he's like, oh, yeah, the black is live, and I'm sitting there going, no, it's not. No, it's not. Black is ground. No. Black yeah. is always ground. Yeah. yeah. I know. Or negative. And they're just sitting there, and they're when they're trying to talk about this, because it's kind of like a... 
it's a conversational show. It's not like really presenting it. He, there's, he's chatting with other people about this sort of stuff. And no one stopped him? Well, he, during the talk, he was confused. And so like they put his confusion into the show. And so he's talking about it. He's like, no, I think it's this way, but I'm not exactly sure. Is it the other way around? And then he was talking about the old wire coloring and the new wire coloring. <laughs> But and yeah, there was nothing in that show about it, and it turns out the next week they got so many letters of complaints because um, you don't want to mix those up when you're when you're doing electricity, especially the higher voltage of British yeah. wiring. Yeah. So wow. yeah, the show to teach men how to be more manly got it wrong. <laughs> Probably le- almost electrocuted them all. Oh, very nice. So speaking of knowing information, there's a geek test on there on our list of topics. I got 11 out of 20. Dave, what'd you get? I got a 55%. So you got 11 out of 20. Yes. Mo, what'd you get? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) What'd you get? I don't want to talk about it. Mo, what'd you get? Test taker. I'm really a good test taker. This was just I don't know. I don't I don't think this click 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 <laughs> it's twenty questions. I'm guessing at Mo at some point just put C for everything. No for everything. I just didn't try very hard at like, you know, half the questions. I mean like okay, first of all, half of it's like networking, like hard networking stuff. It's like okay, I do home networking. <laughs> I don't do I, and I haven't had to touch any of this stuff in like six years. So you didn't worry. You didn't know what ten base two networking cables were. I can't remember the difference between ten base two and ten base ten base T. Uh, I remember that I remember that I used an RJ forty five jack and twisted pair wiring, and that's it. <laughs> that's all I need. The only one of these that I was absolutely positive on, like one hundred percent, amazingly, I know this. I guess there's two of them. Awesome. Uh, there's GUID, which I learned when I was doing the RSS feed for the original RA podcast. And there's example of diametrically opposed alignments in AD&D. Well, yeah, that AD&D, one I knew. he means Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I knew that one too. No, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Well, I'm just saying in general, that's what you meant when you said AD&D. Yeah. Because yeah. as you, we've learned from my um, April Fool's episode, we have a lot of acronyms and numbers that we just shoot right over. <laughs> Like the 20-inch LCD HDTV with a DLP projector. And HDMI. HDMI by RCA. Well, we live in an acronym-filled world. Yeah. We have a lot of big words that we don't have time to say. Yeah, especially if we want to keep the episode down to an hour. Yeah, I mean, if you really How want much time to, we cut out by using acronyms. I was just thinking that I would like to see like like some kind of a television show or something or, or a broadcast where they just completely used like full names on everything and just see how absolutely awkward that would look. It's called the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Terrible. Sheldon, I don't know if Sheldon yeah. uses acronyms. I don't know. But I mean, like, a show where, like, they're describing these things, like, instructional or something like that, you know what I mean? Not just a show where they might talk about a television and its ports and abilities. Where they actually describe what HDMI actually stands for? Yeah. Well, they would say it out. I don't, I don't even know, know what the hell like HDMI stands definition, for. definition, something... It would almost feel like, like, turn of the 20th century language with modern technology. Multimedia interface. Yes. I mean, hell, I went through uh, most of my childhood without knowing what v- v- VCR stood for or why it was VCR and VHS. I was like, I don't know, like 12 before I finally figured that one out. Um, oh, cool. Okay. What? VCR. 
Wait, you did not know what VCR stood for? Nope, really? Video cassette recorder? Yeah, never never learned that one. Wow. Or VHS, for that matter. VHS was a video home system, I think. Yep. I know what UHF and VHF are. Ultra high frequency, very high frequency. Yep. Amplitude modification, frequency modification. Granted, this is my wheelhouse. So yeah. this is your degree. Yeah. yeah. Speaking though of uh, VHS and you know the whole VHS beta format war and our more recent format war, I've been thinking lately um, that the the Blu-ray HD DVD format war may have been the last physical media format war. Well, yeah. Like that's that's kind of a I think an important milestone. Okay. Beyond so now this, any st- format wars are going to be codecs. Yeah, which <clears throat> is still going to be a format war. Yeah, I but it's not going to be a series of format war. It's not going to be nearly as serious a format war. I think it's going to. be... Oh no, it, it'll still be as serious, but it, it, your distinction was physical media. Yeah. Well, no, I mean this, these these the codec wars won't really affect your hardware as much. I wonder oh, really? if that's true though. Not, about not it, that it won't affect your hardware, but that it's the less physical media. What, what possible further physical media format war? Like mainstream. Right. <laughs> not like audio files collecting vinyl or, you know, that kind of thing. But like, And I'm trying to think. I, I'm not sure I can come up with something, but I'm just not ready to commit to that this is going to be the last one. Because there's not really working on any other optical drive there's, hardware at the moment. There's no reason to. They've, well, got, but, they've got magnetic right. drives, but they're... Stop. Stop. Okay. Go back to floppies. Okay. All right. Before CDs came out. Yeah. Wouldn't we have said, you know, like three and a quarter, was it three and a half versus one and a quarter? Or five and and a half versus five and a quarter? I don't even remember. I don't even think it was a versus thing. I think it was they just brought down the size when they could and they made the switch over gradually. Or uh, think about how many drives versus SideQuest. That was really very mainstream. People didn't have zip drives and side quests in their homes, except for my dad. Um, my yeah. dad, too. But, like, some. other than people like our parents and occasional schools and companies. But I'm saying, like, before CDs came out, or rather before DVDs came out, you're like, this is clearly it. No, you still had a lot of magnetic no. tape stuff and other things going on there. We knew there was progression. And, I mean, we know there's progression now, but they're not improving the physical, you know, we're not going to get, like that, like in Men in Black. When they were going through all the alien technology and he pulls off this tiny little, like, disc and it's like, this is going to replace CDs soon. That never happened. We had those mini discs for, what, a week? <laughs> I oh, wanted Sony mini discs. so badly. Yeah. Like, we went, we went from CDs to MP3s. And now, from there, history, we went into digital. I choose the wrong format. Really? Well, let's see. So, yeah, because he – HD DVD, mini disc. SideQuest, mini disc, HD DVD. You picked a Zune instead of an uh, iPod. Hey, there's nothing well, wrong with No, I actually had an iPod first. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. I bought the Nano first, and then I Zune, bought the Zune. Zune has Zune Pass, though, which I want very much. But the <laughs> the format – I'm just still going off of the format. Yeah, yeah. are still going to be more and more because everything's going to digital formats now. It's the, the fight between HTML, what, 5 and Flash? Oh, that's not even going to be a war. No. HTML5 is going to totally... But the war that Mo is talking about is going to be like Apple Audio versus MP3 versus FLAC versus whatever. Yeah. Well, Apple's always going to have a closed proprietary format. Duh. Right. There's always going to be some sort of open format. Duh. And there's going to be Windows format. Yeah. We're, we're not... I mean, we're not really looking at a war between them so much as just, you know, it's dependent on the preference of the hardware and the software that you use. 
as to and the marketplace that you're utilizing as to what format your uh, media comes in. And uh, other than audiophiles and people who are very much against uh, digital rights management, there's not going to be a big argument over who's using what or a big difference. It's just going to be, you know, you have an iPod, you have a Zoom, you have a, you know, Sony e-reader, you have a Kindle, et cetera, et cetera. And all these uh, digital formats aren't really competing with each other any more than the hardware is. And it doesn't, it's it's not like there has to be one standardized for it all to work. Like with with uh, DVDs and with, with VHS, Everybody had to have the hardware that would work with this equipment, and it had to be compatible, and it all had to be the same because pieces had to fit into other pieces. Pieces aren't fitting into pieces anymore. It's all code. Okay, so the code needs to fit within the code. The code needs to work with the hardware, and firmware can be uh, updated. Yeah. Support can be added without yeah. having to buy new hardware every time, and that's why there's that's why codec but you uh, need the, You need the support then. Yeah, because I've got a TiVo. Hardware is always updated because it always connects to the TiVo Central and will download the new hardware if, it, yeah, if the software. new firmware if it exists. Oh, yeah. But th- basically, TiVo has stopped supporting the Series Two hardware that we've got here. So I still have to, if I want to watch a video on my from my computer to my TiVo, I have to convert it to an MPEG two format with the correct frames per second and the correct aspect ratio in order for the TiVo to actually want to play it correctly. Yeah, support, you know, phasing out support on older devices is necessary, though. I mean, when when you get down to a small percentage of people still using old hardware, there's a, um, there's a cost factor. Yeah, but it's then costing get... more to support than they're bringing in. But then I mean, it comes to the fact of... The, the like buying a book versus buying an ebook. When I buy a book, I don't have to worry about Amazon supporting my book. No, if I buy an ebook, if if I buy something for the Kindle, I have to worry about Amazon always supporting the Kindle to make sure I can actually read my book in the okay, future. Okay, okay. Here's a question: How long has Barnes and Noble been around? I have no idea. Why do you know? I I don't know offhand. Any major bookstore. Okay. I mean, uh, give me an estimate. Like, what, 30 years? Let's say 30 years. Let's say a major bookstore's been around 30 years. Okay. 30 years ago, you buy a book from them. Yes. Okay. What is the current condition of that book? Depends on how well I've kept it up, <laughs> how, how much I've read. There, I have books that are falling apart, and I have other books that are still pristine. But Okay. So your book falls apart. What do you do? You still want this book. This is a book that you enjoy having for whatever reason. And your book falls apart. Most likely I'd have to go out and buy a new book. Right. Okay. You get a, you have a Kindle. Yes. Okay. You buy an ebook. 30 years later, maybe Amazon falls or maybe they stop supporting, you know, your, your book. Yeah. You go out and buy another book. How is the, how is the lifespan different other than you just have to hope for them to keep supporting your book? I mean, why would they stop supporting the book as long as they're still in business unless they're upgrading formats? In which case, because you own the book and they know you own the book. They should upgrade your book to the new format. My, my one point to that, Mo. Yeah, Dave, you're I'd really like quiet. I'm really qu- okay. My I don't know what you've been doing, but you've been getting quieter and quieter as this episode has been progressing. You've been getting I've lazier. Moved, I've moved <laughs> the microphone out of my mouth so it doesn't feel like I'm eating it. Well, it sounds like you're across the room. Ha! Hopefully, we'll be able to fix it in post. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you're saying. So, anyways, uh, I'd like to see a Kindle in 30 years still working. <laughs> Yeah, you see the laser disc work. These laser disc work. I mean, it's just—it's a matter of—I of, mean, 
hardware revisions and such. I mean, you're not going to have the same kit. You're not going to have a Kindle One in 30 years. It might well, not even be called a Kindle. Like, it might not even so be called I, a Kindle. Not only anymore. do I have to buy the book, I have to buy the Kindle again and again and again. It depends, I guess, on how that all ends up going down. But I'm just saying for the fact that if yeah. I bought a book and I kept it in pristine condition, that book could last me forever and ever. If I buy something off of Amazon and it's set up by their DRM, it's based off of their Kindle, I have to worry about when is Amazon going to fall and how is that going to affect my purchases. Things or like how much you, the next Kindle don't is. Don't you dare say that uh, you know, Amazon is too big to fail. No, nobody's too big to fail. But it's it's like the the video games that were ha- coming out here, like um, the racing one that was put out by NCSoft, where it had like a Mad Max sort of theme. People would invest time and money into that game, but they would have to hope that the company would not fail, and so you'd still be able to play the game after the company has left. But can you do that now? No. Mm. It's like I've got Madden 07. There's achievements on Madden 07 that I cannot achieve anymore. I can't complete the game to 100% because EA does not support the Madden servers anymore mm-hmm. so i actually cannot play multiplayer in that game because it cannot connect it has to yeah. connect through the ea servers ea shut down the servers therefore i do not have a full 100 percent game if i had a book i it's not like i buy a book from a bookstore and then the bookstore is closing down and so they come to my house and literally rip out a chapter of the book going up oh, sorry we're leaving we gotta take this with us <laughs> we don't support this chapter anymore we're gonna have to we're gonna have to repossess it oh <sighs> It really sucked for murder mysteries. <laughs> Who did? Sorry, an- another company has bought the license to this ending. Oh. You'll have to find out who did it from them. <laughs> You'll have to pay them four dollars for these for this chapter. Okay, so speaking of Amazon, this kind of was under the radar a little bit over the week, but Amazon started up Amazon Studios, which is a venture that aims to solicit screenplays and feature-length movies from the users. So they will they basically will have a contest and you will win prize money and the top products will be produced under a first look deal with Warner Brothers. So you could get your movie made and you know how much money you would get for it? $200,000. Oh, the not- movie could gross $60 million, and you would get $600,000 for writing the movie. Hmm. Not bad, I guess. I really don't know what the scale is for these yeah, things. I, I don't know what the exact scale is, but... Um, I mean, it, it's a really cool way to, to have opened the field. Yeah. You don't need to be inside Hollywood anymore. Right. At Amazon the same time... Will, if the first movie of this thing bombs... <laughs> yeah. It better be, yeah, it better be a, first, a good first one, otherwise people are going to go, ah, not so much. Right. It was like the project um, Greenlight that happened with was it Bravo or A and E? Yeah, I don't remember who did that. Or was it IFC? Who did Project Greenlight? No idea. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you want to get your um, screenplay read and commented on Amazon.com slash studios or is it studio? Either way, I don't know. That would be important to know. Yeah, it's on, it's our on link the list. link. Yeah. So somebody else put a balloon into space took pictures, built a paper cool. airplane to float back down from space. I'm not exactly sure how that, that works. Yeah. But they, they $13,000 product, they built a one-wing glider from paper and tubing and such, uh, lifted it up to 90,000 feet, and then floated it back down to the ground. And they recorded the video and pictures of it. So nice. if you want to see the edge of space, cool. there's a flicker on the link. 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I just love all the um, do-it-yourself space programs that are happening now. Get yourself no, a weather balloon, can. a whole lot of helium, and you can see the edge of space. <laughs> nice. So, Mo, are you still driving a Buick? Yeah. It's probably computer-controlled. Yeah, it's a 99. Okay. Seems the new Buick, the 2011 Buick, Buick Regal, is going to have the fastest computer ever in a car. Oh, But yeah. will it run Linux? <laughs> well, um, I think they're working with IBM, am I right? I do believe so. Yeah. So it runs DOS? <laughs> Who knows? It's a semi. It's the most powerful microcontroller currently in production for a production vehicle. Nice. It's the processing computer in a car. Yeah, it's processing power 128 megahertz with <laughs> with three megabytes of flash memory. Wow! Well, three oh, megabytes so that's, that's... of flash is actually pretty big because. Uh, well, I, maybe not. No. So that's the um, the onboard computer control for the vehicle. Yeah. Not that... the not the like Bluetooth uh, interactive GPS in dash system. Right. No. This no. this is the one that controls the car. Right. This is the engine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the it... controller the controller board for the engine. Yeah. I never yeah, realized that... how little computer. Well, granted, I've got a it car that's completely mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really take much. Although the uh, the fancy new Google cars probably have a bit more uh... oomph. Yeah. Well, that said, I'd really like to have a separate computer for the engine versus the yeah. in the the entertainment system. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to accidentally load a wrong codec for my entertainment system and have it literally crash the car. <laughs> new meaning to fatal error. Yeah. <laughs> new meaning to the blue screen of death. Oh. New meaning to physical memory dump. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is kind of cool. I mean, it's really interesting that they're. they're, I mean, it's got to be really cheap. Yeah, and it's got to be really robust. They have their control parameters are up to two hundred and sixty degrees Fahrenheit and down to negative forty degrees Fahrenheit or Celsius. Well, yeah, at that point, they are the same. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite facts. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, um, is that's just for the Regal, though, not for yes. the other ones? That's for the new Regal. It's going to be the fastest processor in a computer or in a car engine. Yeah, because I, I, I really like the lacrosse. That's probably going to be my next car. So that's just comparing cars and computers together. Yeah. You don't yeah. need a lot. My phone is more powerful than that car's computer. Oh, speaking of phones. Uh-oh. Look at that. What did I do now? The new um, Windows 7 phone, which has been getting quite mm. a prominent uh, showing on Castle recently and some other TV shows, um, are having problems with the micro SD cards. So much Ooh. so that um, AT&T is saying that you should only buy micro SD cards that are quote-unquote certified for Windows Phone 7. Ooh. Even though right now there are no such cards currently available. <laughs> Ouch. Because it um, it basically, they can only get a certain, they only can handle a certain speed of random read-write operations per second. So even if though you would have a class, like, six card, which should handle a certain speed, only certain card types can actually do that. So they are going to have to have a specific card for that phone. And on top of that, as soon as you put that card in your phone, it will reformat it to only be used by that phone. Ouch. That's not cool. 
it will wow. brick your micro SD card for any other purpose other than putting it in your phone. Like you wouldn't be able to even put it into your computer to read the data off of it. Wow. Well, that's for security purposes, but there, I mean, it doesn't completely block it because you can put it into your computer to reformat it. And <laughs> right, you know, Mo, Mo was just talking about physical memory dump. There has to be a way to access the raw data. Reading, it might be encrypted. Reading the data. Okay. We have quote unquote from the dis- Enga- sorry, Engadget article. We appear to have fried a card after moving it in and out of our own focus today to the point that no PC, phone, or camera can read it anymore. So wow. your computer cannot even recognize that the card is in there. That's kind of uh, harsh. Again, I wonder if that includes the ability to reformat the card. Well, well Dave, what I need you to do is go buy, buy a phone. Windows phone 7? Yes. Don't, you don't have to uh, buy one. Just go demo one and just put a, an SD card in it. I'm, I'm it quite happy with my G2. Thank you. Yeah. You, you don't have to just go to the store, look no, at the I'm, phone. I'm you, you don't have to buy it. No, store. you don't have to buy anything. You just go into the store and you no, pop an I, SD card in it and I bring it home and test it out. The time. As soon as we finish recording this, I'm going to go start grading papers. And that's what I'm doing the rest of the weekend. If I have any micro SD cards around here, I will go and try it out at the AT&T store and let you know. So Project Titan was announced. Yeah. We talked about it last week. Well, it's not actually email. It's kind of – there is, yes, a Facebook.com email address attached to it, but you have to basically access it. Well – it's kind of like a storage house of all the different types of communication. So you've got Facebook messaging, Facebook IM, other IMs, SMSs, emails. We'll basically all integrate that into your Facebook account. So if I'm chatting with somebody on Facebook, if they're online on Facebook, it will Facebook chat with them. If they're not, it will email them or SMS them. Depends on how they are currently connected. It will. So I could email you. You could IM me. Then it would go to an SMS. If I'm out somewhere, I could SMS back, but then it would go to your Facebook.com email address. So that's what Project Titan is. It's a conglomeration of all forms of communication into one hierarchy, I guess. Okay, well. So that's Project Titan in a nutshell. I don't don't think it's going to kill Gmail like some people thought it was. No, not at all. I wouldn't want all my email through Facebook. That would be terrible. I still like the idea, though, of having a single line of communication that could branch off into other forms depending on how the person is currently yeah. accessing things. Yeah, I leave a Facebook tab open most of the time, and I always get somebody trying to Facebook chat with me when I'm not around. And then like when I talk to them like a week later, they're like, why didn't you answer my chat? And I'm like, I wasn't there. What, what do you expect? I'm just sitting in front of the computer waiting for Facebook chats to pop up? Well, yeah, because that's what they do. Yeah, and I always tell them to just use the, you know, the private messaging system and they just get all confused. Which private messaging system? I can message, Mo, I can like message you on like six different ways. Well, I meant the people who are trying to get a hold of me on Facebook. Ah. Assuming that they would use the Facebook private messaging system. Why would you make an assumption like that? (laughs) You know, I I have apparently more faith in people than I should. Which is amazing, considering working on campus and seeing exactly how computer illiterate my own generation is. So, two other things about Facebook. Zynga, the Farmville... Zynga. Zynga, whatever it is, Farmville's Mafia Wars people, are now Mm -hmm. having some Mafia Wars and Fishville on Yahoo. Ooh. 
They're expanding Not out. It's spreading, scary. Dave. We need to kill it before it goes completely crazy. <laughs> They're expanding out. They're expanding out to that other like five percent of people who still use Yahoo for things. Well, other than Yahoo Games engine. is what people always used to go to for the really? easy PC uh, yeah. games. It's like where PopCap got their start. Yeah, well, was I didn't even Yahoo. know. Never used Yahoo Games. I used was it I'd, Candy Stand I, or something. I like, direct you to XKCD uh, Comic Eight Hundred Two when you're talking about Farmville slash Eight Hundred Two. Oh, I forgot to put an actual slash in there. Whoops! Oh, good work. Slash Eight Hundred Two. Ah, yes. Yeah, currently I think Zanga is up to about five hundred and sixty million people. Okay. Yeah, it's big. They're they're pretty big. But Happy Farm. Is still bigger, Which yes. I've never heard of is bigger. Yeah, I, I don't even know what Happy Farm is. Probably some Asian version of Farmville. Mm. That's my guess. Possibly. Yeah, I like the updated map. Happy Farm. Massively multiplayer online game based on farm management played predominantly by users in China and Taiwan. Yep. There and we that's go. why it's bigger because they have bigger population out there in China. Yep. It's really uh, interesting. Seeing the two maps side by side. Yeah, how, how much it's, it's changed. 802, and what's the other one? Uh, give me one sec, I'll give you the number. 256. Okay. So MySpace and Facebook are going to team up. Yeah, which is really, well, like... It's a cold day in hell for one of them. MySpace. Yeah, you know, it was funny, too. Somebody was uh, somebody had gone was telling me they'd gone to, to MySpace for the first time in years, and there was, like, a Facebook Connect uh, on there, and uh, there was a Facebook like button on every page. Mm-hmm. Something is yeah. No, this, this is the nail in the coffin for my space. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whether it's the first or the last, I don't know. But th- I mean, it's done. It's yeah. a nail in the coffin for them. Yeah. It, it is but, no longer relevant. Right. Uh, Which, what, firstly, what I haven't considered them relevant in a long time. That makes two of us. I know I have a MySpace page. Never gone. I do too, actually. <laughs> Not me. Um. Let's see, what else do we got on the list? Oh, the emergency broadcasting system. This is a test. This is only a test of the emergency broadcasting system. Isn't it the emergency alert system now? No, it's always the emergency broadcasting system. The EBS oh, is a huge TV and radio network. Okay. Oh, here they changed it to the, the emergency it? alert system. Is it called the emergency alert system? Yeah, like years ago when they changed the tone, they, they changed it to the emergency alert system. And the point of it is? Oh, yeah, um, emer- a now defunct... Yeah, it was replaced by the emergency alert system. Shoot, I got the wrong thing on the... (laughs) Okay, so anyway, the emergency alert system is now most likely going to be heading to your phone. It already is. No, but this one will be based off of... It will be built into the broadcasting network. So kind of like how SMS tag tags along on the connection with your phone in the tower that you normally don't see. The emergency alert system will connect to that as well. And so you'll be able to get emergency alerts for like tornado warnings and watches, thunderstorm warning and watches, like severe alerts that will be broadcast to your phone based on your current location off of the cell tower. So you won't even need to have a data plan. That's kind of cool. Nice. That said, uh, those can be kind of panic-inducing. <laughs> well, it's I mean, kind there, of pan- there are private ones that are out there already. U of M has one, WCC has one. KVCC has one, Eastern had one, still has yeah, one. Evidently, my, my high school has one. I'm just not yeah. signed up for it. Cleveland uh, State had one, all of a sudden, too. at the end of the school day the other day, a lot of the teachers were going, like, did you see the message? Oh, my God. I'm like, what? 
A lot of people were panicking. Evidently, there was a case of whooping cough. <laughs> a confirmed case of whooping cough. Wow. And they're going nuts. I'm like, uh, okay. At Cleveland State, they never used their alert system for anything other than testing their alert system. Yep. Which, they, which involved you having to respond to the alert or they would keep sending you more alerts. All right, that's just stupid. It was so uh, broken. It is something that they need to test, though, because when U of M first implemented theirs, it took four hours to reach everyone. Ouch. So how big after is U of M, though? the event how many, was over, how many people students? were still receiving notice. Ouch. How many students are, are U of M, though? A lot. Like, I, I mean, know. an estimate, like 30,000, 15,000. I don't know. Hang on. Oh. I only went there. I don't run the damn place. I mean, I know how many students there are at Cleveland State. There's about there are 20, there are 41,000 students. Okay, see, so there's there's 16,000 students at Cleveland State, so we don't break the uh, we don't break the cell towers as hard. So okay, yeah. so under the new system, all phones receive emergency alerts directed by the U.S. government about terrorist attacks and natural disasters, but users can opt out of receiving local warnings about weather, traffic, and amber alerts. So the serious stuff will automatically, no matter what, get hit to your phone. Mm. But I'm the smaller sure stuff, you could that. you could yes or no say yes, I want to get weather alerts. No, I don't want to get traffic alerts. That sort of stuff. God, I would love weather and traffic without having to use data. That would be awesome. I suppose if it's free. Yeah, exactly. It's free, and it's through the. Uh, you know, so those channels, it's not through the, uh, you know, apps that are trying to make money with ads and all that crap. Yeah. Side note, one of my new favorite apps on my phone is the actual police scanner app. <laughs> yep. I have that. Really? Yeah. How does that work? It, they broadcast them over the web. Yeah. There's really? a There's a website out there that just oh. basically logs all the web police oh, scanner that's, stuff. That's right. They did have that for Cleveland. They don't have that for Lakewood. That's why I don't have it. Oh, they have one for the, the Portage and Kalamazoo, so it's the really local stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what, see, I want the really local stuff because, like, all the, the bar activity that happens down here, I want to know when there's a bar fight. Like, so you can I, go there? Well, no, I mean, I, I saw one spill out into the street once. I saw a hobo fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Kevoli, we missed that. Oh, <laughs> Tell the hobo fight story. No, don't tell that. We got to finish this up. Come on. Okay, but just quickly, when we were out shopping for food at Homewood Suites before Dave got here, um, they, they, the hotel drove us out to the QFC. the QFC, the shopping, the supermarket, and I had finished buying all my stuff before Mo and Spooks and everybody else had finished buying their stuff. And so I was sitting outside waiting, and there was a homeless guy out front there, and I guess there was another homeless guy out front as well, and they started arguing about their area, and one of them brought backup, and there was a hobo fight going on <laughs> out front while I was sitting inside um, waiting for Mo to finish so he could get picked up. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally had a front row seat on a hobo fight. Mo thought I was joking until he actually got up there and saw the ambulance treating the hobo. Yeah, and the other hobo coming up, and they were all <laughs> making amends. It was so amusing. Uh, never, never seen anything like that out here. <laughs> the hobos don't fight in public out here. Well, it's Seattle. They were probably software engineers. So, Dave, what is this Google book that I just opened to close so out our topics? It is, yeah, it is an online book about the internet about internet technologies and IP and web, and it's really well-designed. It's interactive. You say tomato, I say TCP IP. <laughs> oh, this is like almost like so, a kid's I book mean, sort of thing. Once they yeah, it about... is, which is fantastic. <laughs> What's TCP IP? Well, it's how you get around on the internet without even... Well, not even the... Yeah, you get around on the internet. <laughs> well, Jimmy... <laughs> 
TCPIP address is who you are so, on the web. Our oh, games. Mo, Mo, side note, that paper bag thing at the um, Mystery Science Theater thing, that yeah. was the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> Dave won't get that one. But anyway, our games yeah, this week. Jokes. Well, anybody who actually went to go see the Mystery Science Theater thing of House on Haunted Hill, they had yeah. pre-shows, and one of them was a paper bag that talked. It was weird. <laughs> okay. That and the supermarket witch. Yes, the supermarket witch. Oh, oh, right. those were great. Those are little shorts. So, DefCon is the week, or is the ga- our game this week? Oh, DefCon, which basically, um, for those of you who have seen War Games, Global Thermonuclear War, basically got that's turned, what you're playing. That's what you're playing. You're playing a version of that game, and it has the same like vector graphics. Has- a really well designed game. Actually, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, uh, that company and the other games that they've come out with, uh, Darwinia and Uplink, are both really good. But oh, it's I have Uplink really played, is if you what, yeah, what is ahead. Uplink? Uplink is if you take every cheesy hacker movie and turn it into a video game. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what fine. you do. Was well, that the game you know, that actually the, based off of files on your own computer? No. Oh, but Damn. to like hack into someone's computer, you dial their IP, which makes. Very little sense because you don't actually <laughs> dial in IP, but it's got a little phone. You know, beep, 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 beep. Uh, so you dial the IP, you connect to their computer by bouncing around your signal through other computers. And then to hack the password, you go to basically programs, password, crack, click. <laughs> oh, goodness. And then they start tracing you and you can watch as they trace the signal back to you. Wow. <laughs> it's a really like it's so cheesy, but it's such a good game. I just like with DEF CON how you don't actually technically quote unquote win the game. You just, you just lose, lose, lose the least. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think most people even get like a positive score on DEF CON because people get blown up. Yeah. But it's it's literally global thermonuclear war. And there's a great eight hour mode that they have built into the game if you buy the actual game. So you could actually it's called literally like the office mode. Because <laughs> the game does not stop. It goes for eight it starts in there and it goes for eight hours. And so you could actually like just when you get in the morning, start the game up and you could play with people in your office. So it's it's like real time or Yeah. It will go in real time, and then it will. You could minimize it, and it will um, keep going. Like you could set things up, and then it will notify you when certain things happen. So it's wow. That's yeah, awesome. I've been wanting to do that at PAX for the longest time. Just haven't found somebody else to mm-hmm. waste eight hours at PAX because. Well, I mean, figure though you set up like that, you can come and go. Yeah. So you just got to get like you know the people in BYOC. You should have Red do a contest. Mm-hmm. I was Def kind of pissed. There was no. Uh, there was no um, snapping yeah. of fingers. No, that the 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 Prize? photo hunt sort of thing. The tre- the treasure hunt. Oh, scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. Yeah, because I am the master at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps when you are one of the things that people have to find. <laughs> oh, it's Somebody always was- fun. It's always somebody a fun was, one. Yeah. Somebody was talking about doing uh, one with me as a thing you have to find. And I, I commented that I'm very elusive at packs. And they're like, oh, that's even better. It's like, yeah, I already well, have that's enough. That's because you get to go like, behind closed doors. It's not even behind closed doors that often. Usually, if it's in the expo hall, people just complain that they uh, they don't see me. And it's like, I'm going to have a lot more people complaining that they didn't see me this way. 
Oh, that's always kind of fun, though, when I'm just, like, in the expo hall, and then I just get a text message. It's like, fine, Waldo. And then in parentheses, it just says, run, Andy, run. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go over here. Magic the Gathering always has couches. I'm going to sit on a couch until somebody tells me otherwise. Right. Got actually some nice uh, foil magic cards from that, too, last year. Right on. All right. So, uh, random random topic. topic. I rolled ahead of time. It is, quote, unquote, the diesels, which I'm guessing is from the time when we were talking about my car, and I just generalized all diesel cars as the diesels. So, they were a band, right? I don't know. They're, maybe is Vin Diesel married? Does he have kids? I, I, don't, I don't think his last name is really Diesel. It's, it's not. Yeah, oh. so they wouldn't they wouldn't be the Diesels. Born that Mark sounds like Sinclair an awful, Vincent? awful real, uh, reality show. Yeah, the Diesels. The Diesels. It would be. It would be. Yeah, probably Vin, very terrible. Like a wife although, and two kids. Although it would be amusing to see him play D anD D on reality television. Yes, that would, I, they, that would. they should just try and get him for one pax to do uh, to be part of the Acquisitions Incorporated show. They'd be like the oddest yeah. surprise guest ever. We have Vin Diesel to play D and D, and people. You're are like, right. I think eh? they've been trying to get him, but you know, it's a big pain or something. The Diesels also sounds like some stomach condition. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't go out right now. I've got the Diesels. <laughs> I have the Diesels. We got the Diesels. Oh, Ugh. I can't go anywhere. I can't even stand up. I get the Diesels. My ass hurts, so I don't want to sit down. <laughs> God, it's just the diesels hit me the other day, and it's just oh. That's that. what we should. Oh, next time I have a, an attack like that, like what I had a pack, that'll be the code word is the diesels. <laughs> no, Dave can't come. He's got the diesels. The diesels. <laughs> we gotta start up a random access dictionary of words that we have made up on the show that we need to start using in our normal lexicon. Yeah. Um, if you search my Twitter feed for, I think the word I put in was Andyisms. <laughs> <laughs> and what what exactly is an Andyism? Andy's so, words. Sometimes oh. I com- I combine words together to create a new word, or I just take a saying and just shorten it to um, parts of it, like um, tomatoes, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Things that I do with language involve leaving out consonants and just complete bastardizations of the English language in general. Thanks to the region that I grew up in. <laughs> I still like Dickspensive. Dickspensive. That was <laughs> yeah. one of them. Why is how is why is this so expensive? Oh, it's just because it's expensive. It's expensive because it is. It doesn't need to be. Oh, it just is. That's that's not what expensive was. I thought that's what it was. What was expensive? Yeah. Or was it I'm the fact it that it was over? I think it was expensive. just like really expensive. Like it's when you somebody tells you the price of something, like you actually feel it in your junk. You're like, oh, got oh, You break something, and somebody tells you how much you have to pay now, and it feels like you got kicked in the nuts. That's I, what Dick Spencer is. I don't think that's what it was. No, no, but I like I'd have to go back. That was like a year ago, <laughs> at least. <laughs> yes, Dave, we've been doing the show for a long time. Can't believe we're at- yeah, quite a long time actually. <laughs> Yeah, but there's no easy. Is there an easy way to search your Twitter feed for a, a word? Um, try through Google. I did. I got no results. Twitter. Okay, well, I don't know. Is it one word or two? Dickspensive, one word. E N. What's happening? No, I don't want to post oh, this. I just want to search. I have a hashtag for Dickspensive. <laughs> I've got no tweets for Dickspensive. I wonder if they, they were taken down. I don't know. I'm just searching Google for Dickspensive, and I'm really worried about what's going to come up. <laughs> yeah, nope, that's not what it needs to be. 
So, Mo, before we go, no. um, what website do you want to plug? I got nothing. I'll plug PAX East. PAX <laughs> go to East. PAX East because it's awesome, and I said so. Also, okay. the, uh, the, the, the PAX East train alliance, the best way to get to PAX East if you just want to sit on a train and play games with other people who are going to PAX East. It's like the West Coast train trip, but going east. And longer. And longer. <laughs> depending, depending on where you're from. But yeah, it, it, that can get up to three days if you're going the whole long route, which I think we have a couple people looking to do. Oh, God. Yeah. I like trains, but I don't know if I could spend that much time on a train at one go. Yeah. If I actually, if I get, um, if I get a job out west, I'm going to use Amtrak to move because of the huge checked bag uh, sizes and amounts that I could utilize. I could move most of my stuff and sit on the train for a couple of days. I can see it. Yeah. All right, Dave, we're done. You can go grade papers now. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun with that. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it.